Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looks like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get by. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time for... Fanatic Radio. From Studio 11 via Radio Saigon and Simulcast across the country via Blog Talk Radio, via P5360.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We're the Millennial Show. I'm host partner. Joins me always, the notorious Ben Florence. we got a great show for you on hand. One comment by one player, and it's going to set the world up. I put the NFL, of course. Uh, playoffs continue. Championship Sunday. No, not for our soccer fans of... Uh, the English Premier League, Championships, Saints, Rams, Chiefs, Pats. I'm excited because uh, the the top four teams are in the, the essential final four of the NFL playoffs. But we'll get to that in a minute because uh, what, what, what I'm doing now is watching your I have I immediately have beef with um, with daylight savings time and in our country. No, really? it's not border security or uh, or you know the forgotten the forgotten left. It, it's just the, it's just the size of our it's the size of our nation, and that's why we'll never win the World Cup and why we in the Olympics. It's it's because we just have too too big of a country because we. The talent pool is, is so big. We have so much choice. And by us being so big, we have these things called time zones, which I ain't all about. And a reason why I'm going on this little tangent is because I have to watch the – I have to watch Dub Nation on replay because yeah. I only watched it through the first TV timeout. If last night's game they played the, uh, the Pelicans as Etwan Moore just got blocked by the rim on a dunk, which is – Absolutely hilarious. I also think I'm watching it on that stupid cam where it's above the rim. Uh, actually, you know what? As much as I bash that, really cool thing to watch because it gives you kind of that um, that NBA 2K feel where you're playing in that yeah. in that certain camera angle. But yeah, we're getting off this. This is this is ridiculous. We need we need better camera. But reason why I say that is Boogie Cousins, friend of the show, makes his return tomorrow against the LA Clippers. Which I'm excited for because it'll be the first time he plays all year. But of course, the elephant in the room <laughs> is he said the Warriors are the most hated team. He told Rachel Nichols of ESPN and Flo, knowing that we are the kings of hating. Do you, yes. uh, what do you, what do you think? What do you make these comments? Well, I think it's I don't know if they necessarily are that most hated team. I think that. There's a lot of reason to for people to hate them because they're such a stacked, you know, super team, especially now with cousins. Uh, but I don't know if they truly are the most. It's, it's a tough thing to try to quantify because then you also, you know, you still got LeBron haters, so it's probably easy to hate the Lakers. And you know, the Lakers are such a, pro, a glamorous, prominent club to where they're one team that people hate anyway. Uh, then there are other teams to hate, you know, you know, the Knicks, even though they're just a, consistently irrelevant. 
But they're always uh, paying the, you know, they're just annoying and uh, just a fail. And, I mean, uh, Dolan and all those clowns. Yeah. Uh, I can never get it together, and yet we always have to talk about it. So, you know, that's a good question. I, you know, I guess the answer is yes, but I can't get a strong feel for to say definitively that, yes, the the Dubs are the most hated team in the league, though. Oh, it's for us to go outside the league because – we got we got to, we have to know. Um, cons- consensus would probably say the Pace are the most hated team in sports. He didn't just say the league. He said the most hated team in sports. And oh, so we get, we well, got to give. This is our fanatic radio top five most hated teams of all sports. Patriots <laughs> one, but we we got to fill this out. Most hated team. Yeah. We have the Pats. I'm guessing your your Yankees have to be up there in the top five. Who else would you add to this Absolutely. list? Absolutely. Um, I'd say. Wow, that's a good one. Probably the Cowboys are up there. I feel like the Cowboys are always a strong team, always because you know they're on TV all the time, and they're so glamorous, even though they've been pretty middling over the last you know twenty five years. Well, that's true because. Not only are they on TV all the time, mm-hmm. they're, all, they're always they're always playing at home. You rarely see them on the road, and then yep. they're also hated because everyone everyone hates Jerry Jones. I think he's I think he's annoying because Jerry is always the king of uh, you know, all PR is good PR. Yeah, Cowboys, the Cowboys. Yeah, because um, it's interesting. Do individual people count, or is it just teams? Because individual people, you got you got to put LeBron up there. People hate him a lot. People don't like Tiger Woods. People love to hate yeah. uh, in in the NASCAR world, Kyle Busch. But who are other teams? So we we'll, we continue to update this as the episode goes on. But who are your top three most hated teams? The Ben Florence hate because I don't give mine. But who are who are <laughs> the teams that you despise across all sports? Um, one's got to be. The Boston Red Sox. I mean, that's an easy mm-hmm. answer for any uh, New York Yankees fan. Um, number two is going to be the New York Giants. Yes, they're not a division mm-hmm. rival to my Packers, but the Giants have put the Packers through their fair share of uh, misery over the last decade plus. Plus, you know, I always had to just bicker and, and fight with Giants fans growing up even though the teams, they made that one Super Bowl against Baltimore, and they just got the crap beat out of them because they were a 12 and 14. They were not particularly good, and they went up against one of the great defenses of all time. Uh, so the Giants are number two, and number three, I'm going to say the New York Rangers. I, you know, I, I I love the Devils. I am a hockey fan. I'm not a diehard hockey fan, but I do know that I hate, absolutely hate the New York Rangers and just with a strong passion. And so they're definitely number three uh, on that list. One, two, three, Boston Red Sox, uh, New York Giants, New York Rangers. Interesting point with the football. Uh, I have to say, I, I, it's not that I hate the New York Giants. I have no affiliation to them. Only now because I live in New York. But they were always annoying. Well, one because they for, they will forever ruin my shot of ever seeing an undefeated team, undefeated championship team in my lifetime when they beat the Patriots. 
I mean, we do love we do love Strahan, even though he is a clown. But in in my small life, they have they've been nothing but annoying. So that is even more reason to hate him. You know, they had the whole fiasco with uh, Plexico Burris, and he shot himself in the club, in the leg. They had uh, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is the, the quarterback on that awful uh, Super Bowl team. That's but then, right. like, you know, you got the whole thing. Got the whole thing with the, with the Odell Beckham era, and then people think Eli Manning's in the Hall of Fame, and, and Coughlin, who is a good coach as he won two Super Bowls, but they always give them way too much credit. Then they're one of those hated rivals of two teams that I have been involved with in my life: Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. So that's kind of what I hate them. They've just always been around. Uh, so the Giants, the Giants are up there in terms of the football world because I could easily, being great of a Broncos fan, I could say the Raiders. But the Raiders, I don't hate them. They're just a laughable franchise because, you know, Mark Davis is is a man-child. And <laughs> they've never amounted to anything in the 21st century. Yeah, not since Rich Gannon was the, was the quarterback. But they used to always give the Broncos fits. Um so yeah, so definitely the New York Rangers. But then again, I don't I don't hate a lot of pro teams. I would say I would I would I would sort of you know push the action say any team LeBron is on because that, that's Cavaliers, Miami Heat, Lakers now <laughs> because they're not because the teams LeBron plays on aren't good teams. You know they're not teams I look back in history and think that was a great basketball team. You know, because the Cavaliers of of years was you know, J.R. Smith, uh, Tristan Thompson, you know, Larry, Larry Nance, Kendrick Perkins. Like they did a bunch of, quote 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 you flow, a bunch of jabronis on the squad. You know, nine different head coaches. They always you know, they always try to get Moyo. Eddie House was on those Miami Heat teams. <laughs> so Eddie House. I wonder he's up to. But yeah, so I say, but that's only in the playoffs though. Like. Because in the regular season, LeBron loses. So I won't say that. But I do respect LeBron James as a player. You know, we know my thoughts of him as, as anything else. But I will go I will go call I will go college route. I, I've I've gr- even growing up, I have despised the University of Kentucky and everything that school stands for. Mainly as a college basketball fan, because the guys ever since Jimmy Hall was the coach the French, the team has just been like tainted with scumbags. You know, we had Patino in the mix when he when he coached Kentucky. You know, the team of Tony Delta and uh, Jamal Mashburn, the guys that made the I think they either won the national championship or got to the Final Four. And then you had, and then you had like a really weird era after Patino left for Kentucky when uh, Billy Gillespie was a coach for a hot second. And now you have Calipari, who I can't stand. The one and dones, bunch of a bunch of bums. Uh, I can't stand Kentucky because that, that I don't know. And, and it's a, you know who now is like a, a, a militant feminist to like I can't take her I can't take this team seriously. Then then Drake got in the mix and he was missing layups in the in the you know in the, in the shoot around line. So yeah, Kentucky because they used to, they used to always they used to always give my favorite basketball team Duke fits because I don't I don't hate North Carolina because we do love Roy Williams. Mm. Yeah, Kentucky is Kentucky is always in the mix. The only Kentucky team I actually was tolerable tolerable for was the one with Anthony Davis, just because he was a freak of nature. Any other Kentucky team, nothing brings me more joy when they lose or get bounced out of the play. especially the year they lost to Robert Morris in the first round of the NIT. That was a classic. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a classic. I remember that. And then the third, and then the third team. See, because you could easily, because in college football, you could easily say Alabama. I mean, I, I think, well, I do think Saban is ass. I do think he is. He's a, he's a Bill Belichick disciple, essentially. College football go, goes deep, goes deep in my roots of, of back home. I do not like the University of Texas. I've never liked the Texas Longhorns. And you know we 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 you know listen to our episode when Mac Brown was hired as coach of North Carolina for my thoughts on Texas, because everyone every neighbor and then not just the University of Texas but any of the Texas schools that were in the Big Twelve, and then you can stretch it as far as saying Nebraska because they're Colorado's most hated rival. Is that my favorite high, um, college football team by blood? But the University of Texas, it was always growing up. The, I have neighbors that were just complete burnt orange inbreds in the fact that all it was, <laughs> even back in the 70s, that Daryl Royal was the coach, and, all, and then in the Earl Campbell years. And they were a good team, but they're never, I would never say they were a great team. They're one of those, they're, mm-hmm. kind of, they're, like, they're like what, I would say North Carolina and Duke, Kentucky, they win national championship games. Texas in, in the football world, try, try to relate to college basketball, they, like, they ain't no UCLA, they ain't got titles. But they're one of those teams that statistically is always a, a storied franchise, which we like to talk about. Mainly in the NBA, you could say that as, let's say, the Chicago Bulls or the San Antonio Spurs. But Texas, they were always, they were just always in the mix. And Mac Brown, Mac Brown was an absolute train wreck, and he still is. Um, all the great quarterbacks <laughs> he passed up, all the, all the, the great quarterbacks he passed up in favor of of the good old boy method. That's why I couldn't stand them. That and Texas fans are probably next. I'd probably say next to fans, next to fans of various New York teams and Philadelphia teams. Texas fans are the most annoying people ever. Because like they they weren't good, and now that they won the Sugar Bowl, they're gonna be just forever in this team that thinks they're gonna win the national championship with Sam Ellinger, which they're not. They're only good because they have um, that that like six six receiver from Dallas, so from South Lake. Shout out to South Lake. Uh, but yeah, those are my those are my hated teams: the New York Giants, the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team, and the Texas Longhorns football team. But yeah, but we cousin. It's just funny that he said that. Um, we talked last week. Listen to our show last week. We talked about the impact of what he's going to do when we come back. Um, stick with the NBA before we go to football for this first half of the show. The All-Star game is slowly approaching in less than a month. And we're seeing when we love we love it in basketball, we're seeing history being made. Thoughts on James Harden. The key is though how long how long James Harden has he scored what? Over thirty points in in forty straight games not forty straight games, but like a twenty straight game, fifty eight the other night. Again, this is without Chris Paul. Do you think he's going to be able if – if he keeps this up, is he MVP caliber or is he just going to wear himself out? Like it's basically him trying this hard to score this much. Is this going to come back and haunt them? Because we saw last year how the Rockets were bounced. In the last two years, mm-hmm. the Rockets have been bounced because of Harden's fatigue. Well, it's if he can keep it up, I mean, this kind of streak is relatively unprecedented, with the exception of Elgin, Elgin Baylor. And Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, when you talk about records, I mean, he's pretty much the cream of the crop for stuff like that. But 
I mean, you know, it feels like it was only like a matter of weeks ago that we were talking about the Rockets and they were toward the bottom of the West. And they were they they were they they were a pretty limp team. They they looked all over the place. They were a total mess. They're even after the whole Carmelo Anthony fiasco, they were a complete mess. And now, solely because of James Harden and this just spectacular run he's been on, he's basically willed them all the way up into the middle and approaching near the top of the Western Conference. So, I think you know I think there are other guys you can make cases for. Uh, uh, Jokic uh, with Denver because they're still tremendous and he's been really fun to watch a terrific player but yes. James Harden for me right now is the MVP because he's just spectacular you can't defend him even though his Rockets early thumbs up loss to my Brooklyn Nets last yes. night I turned the game off to the 10 point Houston lead and then all then I see like James Harden all pissed going to the locker room then I see the Nets took it to overtime and won 145 to 142. The Nets are legitimately okay and yes. legitimately are looking like a lower seed Eastern Conference team. And I'm all about it. <laughs> so early thumbs up to Brooklyn, baby. But yeah, you know, I, I do think right now James Harden is the MVP. If he can keep even a, like 80% of his uh, performance thus far, just keep 80% of it the rest of the way he should win. It's amazing how it's amazing how the game of basketball has changed in our in our lifetime. And watching, I've watched James Harden. I remember when he was when he was on the Thunder. I mean, because I was I was blessed to see him a lot growing up. Because the Mavericks were always in the same division as Houston and Oklahoma City. So I look at these guys now. I look at the Hardens and the Kevin Durant and see where they are. They've gone on to different teams. And I remember watching James Harden. He was he's Funniest player because he, even like even when he first started with the Rockets, you knew when he when he signed with them he was he was the Hollywood, the blockbuster, trade he was going to be the team. And then because his his accomplishments, you know, back then kind of got overshadowed. He'd occasionally drop fifty, you know, every every other time. Now he's the guy Chris Paul, and he won the MVP. It, it's almost. It's almost it, it's almost interesting to watch because I'm just I'll say to fans enjoy it while it is for the mere fact that there's so many people with this Luddite view of, of of what he's gonna do in the playoffs or he's got no championships. My thing is like it doesn't matter. You know we we get to the NFL in a bit, but it's like Tom Brady's still getting playoff wins in his 40s. Yeah, you have to you have to marvel at what we see. I've seen a, I've I'm for 51 against the Lakers last year. Uh, to this day, the most points I've ever seen a basketball player score, which is awesome, by the way, because he, the thing is the way he does it, it's it's like the classic video game in which you you just give it to your one guy and you will your, and you will his way to score because like none of his none of his point totals are quiet. I mean, he'll always go down in a fury of complain to the ref and treat But now this year it seems like it's quiet because the Rockets like Rockets like a rarely on, t- on national TV which I don't know why maybe I'm just not paying attention closely enough but he he gets he gets he gets these big point totals against pretty bad teams. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. But then again, he gets them against good teams. Memphis Grizzlies are the best team in the NBA, or best defensive team in the NBA statistically. 
which I had no idea until he scored 50 whatever. Scores 58. It's, I don't know. We, I don't think, it, see, I don't think he'll win MVP. I think how the Milwaukee Bucks finish at the end of the year, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo should win. Just on the mere fact that he is old school big man, and we like that. We like how he scores 80% of his of his points from like in the paint and on dunks. Um, but then again, you have to give a case for Harden because the West is so is so tough this year. It's it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, that and they'll probably give to James Harden because actually, again, Russell Westbrook and Oklahoma City wasn't that big market of a big market of a team. Neither is Milwaukee, but I think it's going to come back to haunt him. Because the guy, because the guy is just gonna ball out. D'Antoni doesn't know how to take his foot off the gas, but just enjoy it while we can because it's great. We'll have more of the NBA as we roll on later when mm. the All Star Game rolls around. Uh, which, which is a joke, by the way. Thumbs early thumbs down to All Star voting. A thumbs down to Google <laughs> getting involved. Like Google has no stake in basketball or sports to begin with. And yet, I looked at the the round of voting, and like Luka Doncic has the second most votes in the West. I'm thinking he's a great player. He's a good player. He's not great. He's not an All Stars rookie year. He's a solid player. He's a stud on the Mavericks, but the Mavericks stink, and it's not like he's willing them to a, a above 500 season. He's just he's, he's he ain't the top five guys in the West. I'll say that, but because he's a big man and everyone in the in the West just plays small ball, it's why I was thinking. But he, he's got like three million votes. He has like a, a couple thousand less than LeBron, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, and James Harden's not even in like the top five in voting of the West. And the man's average is like forty a game. So it just makes me mad. That's why the fans should never get involved. Their job is to pay the money to go see them play. Mark Cuban once said it best. He said the owners should choose the all-star game. The fans should have like a 10% thing. They need to go. They need to stick to that. Cuban is a, is a maniac out of his mind, but the man talks some sense. But it's been a lot of fun to watch because we, cause we've had – because there's been, there's been great players this year. You know, Anthony Davis has been on a tear. Giannis. Um, you know, Steph Curry is always – who knows? Your Nets. Shout out to uh, D'Angelo Russell. Who's the coach of the Nets? Kenny Atkinson. My man. Brilliant. All right, that's our NBA talk. <laughs> that's a lot of NBA. That's a lot of NBA talk. We'll take a break. We come back, fan mail and NFL. And uh, some exciting three-day weekend news. So keep the lock. This is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. More after this, Watch Fanatic Radio. Not a game. We talking about practice. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Lock Talk Radio. Introducing Turbo 13 from Nutrisystem. Lose up to 13 pounds your first month, guaranteed. Lose up to 13 pounds fast with Turbo 13 from Nutrisystem. Your 13 can turn into 20, 30, 50, even more. I'm Marie, and I lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem. You'll see results right away. 
Count measure meetings? Uh, not with Nutrisystem. Order your 28-day plan right now, and we'll rush you Turbo 13 with specially designed meals. Plus, one week of all-new NutriCurb bars to curb cravings free. One week of Turbo Shakes to help shrink your belly free. And one week of all-new Turbo Boosters to rev your metabolism free. Bye-bye, stubborn belly fat. Call or go online in the next two minutes, and we'll even throw in FedEx shipping free. Lose up to 13 pounds and 7 inches overall in your first month. Millions have lost weight on Nutrisystem, and you can too. Your first 13 pounds, gone. Go online or call 877-693-THIN right now and get Turbo 13 with bars, shakes, and turbo boosters free. Radio. I'm a football coach. I'm not a doctor. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Back here on Fanatic Radio. We have the Millennial Show. My gunner Ben Florence. Catch us always every week. Early swim bubble on the, pod, uh, the podcast, on iTunes, social pipes, radio.com, Great talk about in the first half of the show. Uh, who the most hated team in sports is. Not the Golden State Warriors. But I can see why. Just because they have so many good players. They were hated They were hated more last year when Durant joined than this year. We also talked James Harden. And last time we saw a good player like that roll through. We have some, actually, definitely got to say this because this, this weekend... Three day weekend, at least for at least for me. I don't know. Do you get MLK day off, or do you still have to work then? I would have to work it, but I'm already off Monday, Tuesday. So brilliant. If I worked an over Monday to Friday, I mean, I would I would get a, a paid time off day or comp day for it that I can use later on. But I don't. We don't have even holidays. Like we don't have like unfortunately like just automatically off. Yeah, because even with the government still shut down, Fox News gets no holidays. Because basically the whole the whole because like, people say like the whole life's a holiday. No, it's it's the whole life is work. But that aside, are you bracing uh, weather? We got to we got to talk a little bit of weather because are you guys in D.C. getting going to get ready to get hit by some massive snowstorm or is that just what this? state of New York and the Northeast has to worry about? Well, we did get hit by about probably six, seven, eight inches earlier in the week. Um, or, or excuse me, over the weekend. But I don't know how much snow we're actually going to get, but it is currently snowing right now. We were just out and about and driving back, and it was, like, legit snowing. So, mm. I mean, and it was starting to stick. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, the, like, big league snow, but it was definitely snow. So, I was not aware of this until my roommate told me, like, a couple hours ago. And even then, he was, like, wasn't even sure the extent of it. But, alas, here we are. Basically panic. That's what uh, people in New York are doing. No idea how much we're getting, but it's supposed to snow Saturday, uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And the last time we were braced for this, it actually did snow a lot. We got eight inches to a foot. We had the day. We had, we got the day off. Sad thing about that is, if it keeps snowing like on Sunday, it doesn't matter because we get Monday off anyway. So I'm really upset about that and the powers that be, uh, mainly mother, mainly mother nature. But I was in I was in Walmart 
And a thumbs down to Walmart because I swear that they they double the cashiers double charge me for a lot of things. I don't know. They could be scummy, or I could just be over my head. The things I buy ended up adding up, so I ended up, I ended up having a bill that was it was pricey. I'd say you know it was like in the low nineties, and I didn't even order that or order. I didn't even get that much food. I got some bread. Got some milk. Couple, couple salads, you know, some some dogs, chili, uh, bread, hot dog buns, and then of course you know then then I got then I got the then I then I got the luxury eighteen pack of Corona and and, and <laughs> a yoga mat. But I watched I watched the lady. I mean, one of these days I'm gonna catch them. They are because they are double charging me for things. I don't know what it is. But I, I swear to God they're doing it because, you know, because first of all, Walmart is not a classy establishment. We do love their store brand stuff though, but it's it's just because, you know, there's, especially in the Walmart in my neighborhood, it's, there's, people have a certain chip on their shoulder, very salty, not salt, salt of the earth and salty. But it just makes me mad. I will catch them. Uh, and that's why I'm glad I did all my grocery shopping because I hope to God not to go back there for another like two weeks because I'm saving money. I got a tour to got a tour to book. Speaking of that, that's actually the big thing that happened. Of tour, um, I may have told I may have told the fans and you this last week, but we are hosting Loggins Glen International is hosting Woodstock, the 50th anniversary of Woodstock in August. So luckily that has died down. Thank God, in terms of, of absolute morons that think we are selling tickets or booking acts. Like, yeah, I'm I'm the new A and R guy at our company. Like, no, go 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 away. How did you get this email? Leave me alone. But we go to fan mail. Actually, we'll talk to we'll talk NFL before we go to fan mail. NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game. I mentioned at the top of the show, four best teams have made it. Once again, to the last, to the second to last round, uh, will these games be more exciting as advertised, or do you think that certain teams have a certain advantage? You know, Patriots having beaten the Chiefs and the Saints with home field advantage. Well, I think that these games should be fascinating. Kansas City, New England. You mentioned the previous matchup, a, to- a tremendous offensive showcase. New England winning, I think it was forty-five forty. But New England played that game at home. Now they have to play at Arrowhead, famously a tough place to play, against this high-powered Kansas City attack. But it's going to be super cold. Apparently it's going to be like some Arctic cold action in right. Kansas City on Sunday. So there's uh, uh, some questions about whether this high-powered offense, whether some of the speed that they have, and he, uh, it can be maybe negated by the fact that it will be so cold. But that should be a fascinating game. Very excited for that. I think the game, both games on Sunday should be very fascinating. Because uh, then he got the two best. He got probably, you know, I was really high in the Chargers, but then they just got completely uh, declensed, if you will, in Foxborough. <laughs> I mean, it was just a horrible showing. And then he got Los Angeles. Uh, coming away pretty well against the Cowboys and then New Orleans, which had 
fight a, a you know a tough Philadelphia club, but it's both games should be fantastic. You should definitely see some offense teams moving the football. Should be fun to watch. What makes it interesting is both matchups. Both teams play each other in the regular season, which happens a lot in the playoffs. But rarely happens in the championship games. Uh, both games were in the 40s. The Chiefs, as you mentioned, you know, the Eagle, uh, Pats had to kick a field goal at the end of the game to win. And then the Saints and the Rams, New Orleans handed Los Angeles back once upon a time their first loss of the season. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see who has, who has the better defensive share because the Patriots, the Chiefs still have – Chiefs defense against the Colts. Then again, it was the Colts, so I'm not going to give – I mean, I'm not going to give them the benefit. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt of Indianapolis being a top team. But Chiefs defense looked good. Whether Eric Berry plays or not is questionable. Um, they'll get diced up by by Belichick and Tom and company. However, Patriots defense is also bad, and Patty Mahomes dropped 40 on them because they they've been so porous. And as everyone's saying, the Patriots Achilles heel. Saints defense is probably the best of, of all four teams. Amazingly, because you never would have thought that the Saints would have been the best team in the NFC other than the LA Rams. But then the Rams, they have you know, that front line. You got Marcus Peters, you got, you know, Marcus Peters who's a clown. And you got Akeem Tlaib who's a degenerate as well. I hope... My thing is, I... I, it's one of those things where I'm actually in a good situation. It doesn't matter who wins because all all you know four matchups would be great Super Bowl games. You know, Chiefs ran, Chiefs Saints would be ideal because those are the one seeds, and it'd be six Super Bowls in a row where the one seeds make the Super Bowl. Thus, praising my argument that the best teams rightfully get to play in the best game. Uh, but then then Pats Saints. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, two quarterbacks in their almost in their you know in their late thirties, early forties, duking it out. L.A. Rams, the Pats would be great. Belichick against McVay, and whatever the hell that happens. <laughs> so I, it doesn't it doesn't matter for me. Who would you? So obviously predictions are one thing, but based on the eye test, or we get, we have our NFL marketing hats on. Who would you rather? Who would you want to see in the Super Bowl? I I think, you know, we talked about the Patriots. This Patriots team certainly offensively is not as stout as we've seen in recent years. And this Kansas City Chiefs offense has been so much fun to watch to where on the on the AFC side, I think the question is easy who I'd rather see. And also because it's a young team, they're very fun to watch in the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I think on the Chiefs side and on the NFC side, I don't think you can really go wrong with either, but I'm going to go with the Saints. And, yes, I'm saying the one seeds in both uh, conferences would be the team you want to see in the Super Bowl, but only because Drew Brees, uh, a Brees-Mahomes matchup would be fabulous. And also mm. because you got the Saints going into the stadium in the city of one of their most <clears throat> arguably, actually, no, certainly their most hated rival, the Atlanta Falcons. That's where the Super Bowl is being played. So you have right. all of that shenanigans potentially going down as well. So I would think for the fan at home, for a neutral observer, in my opinion, the game I want to see is Kansas City and New Orleans. 
Saints would really have an advantage. You 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 have a great point. They play their you know. They play there once a year. They're used to it. Um, they play you know, the, the, the Dome City, which is fantastic. I th- I think with the NFL, it's interesting because what what the NFL wants is probably Chief Saints, which I, I mean, for my own selfish biased reasons, it'd be awesome to see. Yeah, the team that I have somehow had some raw connection to for the last <laughs> decade actually get over the hump and make the great game, because I remember these Chief teams. When I started, when my dad started working for uh, for Clark Hunt, it was I think it was like Todd Haley was his first. Herm Edwards had just left, and then Haley was the coach, and they had <laughs> that's when they signed Matt Castle. And they had Castle and Jamar Jamal Charles, and then they would they would get they would they would either win the AFC or they would get that wild card because they had to play the Denver teams with Peyton Manning. But then there were some god-awful teams. There was Castle. There was Brady Quinn. Um, and then Alex Smith came along, and he, he ended up being great. You know, yeah, he got hurt this year, but the Skins would have been an obviously a, a, a threat contender for the wild card had he been healthy because they, I think they were like 5-2 and two at one point. Um, but then it fluctuated with the running backs. You know, we had um, oh yeah, we had Jamal Charles, Spencer, Spencer Ware got some minutes. Uh, the receivers, you know, tight end Tony Gonzalez was on the team. They bailed, went to the Falcons, and they got this guy named Travis Kelsey. People wondering who that is. And they had then they had no offensive line, and then they lost to the Andrew Luck. They blew that thirty, the twenty point lead in Indianapolis, and they lost to him. And they lost to the Ravens. Flacco ended up winning the Super Bowl. And they lost to the Titans and Mariota. It was one of the worst losses I'd ever watched on TV. Now they're good. All because all because Andy Reid has put trust in a kid named Patrick Mahomes. Um I think it's tough to it's I think it's tough to beat a team twice. That's why I have my doubts of the Chiefs. Also the last time Kansas City played the Patriots, they had Kareem Hunt. And Belichick will scheme well with a team that doesn't have a consistent running back, which I think could end up hurting Kansas City, because Bill will double team Kelsey. He'll you know he'll he'll isolate or he'll try to get um, Tyree Kill out of the mix. And it'll be up to Sammy Watkins or who else to to make plays on the offensive end. Bill does a good job of scheming. I would so the Chiefs Saints would be great. Chiefs uh, Chiefs Saints. I would love to see as I mentioned, Patriots Saints. Just because CBS is doing the Super Bowl and Nance will have a bulge in his pants the entire time of, of his buddy Tom and then his, his good friend Drew Brees, all all the anecdotes, all the all the tell the tidbits. It's awful to listen to, but it will be a great football game because both coaches. I would I'd rather take Belichick and Sean Payton. In a Super Bowl, as opposed to Andy Reid or Sean McVay, are you um, knowing the the the, uh, the awful coaching hires? Are you sick of the Sean McVay hype? Like, do you secretly wish the Rams would lose just to shut people up saying McVay is not that good of a coach? Well, I'm I am not convinced. I don't believe that even if they were to lose, that this the Sean McVay love would stop because it's really gotten ridiculous. That as we talked about a week ago. I mean, Cincinnati, the Bengals, are planning on hiring 
the quarterbacks coach. I, I called him the offensive coordinator last week. McVay is the offensive coordinator and the head coach of the Rams. The Bengals are bringing in their their quarterbacks coach as the yeah. next guy. You know, former Nebraska quarterback uh, Zach Taylor, who famously was the quarterback when Bill Callahan got away from the option, and that worked out really. Yeah, well. the West, the West Coast, and the Big Twelve. Exactly. So we all remember that well. Um, and then here's the thing: Taylor a year ago was the assistant wide receivers coach. So from like a year from. Uh, being the assistant wide receivers coach of the Rams to the head coach of an NFL team. Two year, a few years ago, he was the offensive coordinator for Cincinnati, the school, and they weren't particularly mm. strong offensively. Then before that, he spent like six games as the interim offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, I believe under the last uh, few weeks of Joe Philbin, I believe, in that coaching tenure. And that worked out not particularly strong, although it was an interim thing. So this guy, he was hyped, but he's just a young guy, a uh, quarterback guy that just happened to know and work with Sean McVay. So I think that's just the point where it's gotten so ridiculous. And so, I mean, but that's the thing. Every team wants to bring in that next Sean McVay and everybody thinks that, you know, these guys grow on trees, so anybody that, you know, is kind of can touch him must be a good coach. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I mean, I, lo- I love McVay because he made Kirk Cousins the man he is, you know, a, 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 mediocre, a mediocre quarterback with a high payroll. But he did give the skin some years of joy in my life, making the playoffs, you know, with, um, with, a, with a polished turd of an offense. But – he is he is like Alexander the Great, you know. He was a young guy that conquered l- many lands and defeated armies. All because he's thirty. Alexander the Great was in his twenties. Him and his buddies when they went as far east. I think they went far east as India. Like my God, they almost yeah, they almost went to India it's due to the Himalayas and disease. They did not <laughs> conquer the rest of Asia. But it was it's like that hype. It's a bunch of young guys that they got nothing to lose. You'll never find the next Sean McVay because you got to find a kid. He's a kid. Hell, he's only six years older than I am. His dad worked with Bill Walsh. I think people fail to mention that. You know, mm-hmm. Perry Kitchen or whatever the hell a guy coaches the Browns or the quarterback or Gonzalez or you know the or the Zach Taylor or who's the who's the other questionable coach that got hired? Some 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 ding dong Kingsbury. Uh, Okay, well, we, well, I know Cliff. I remember watching him in college. They have no connections to. They have no connections to Legend. Kingsbury only because he has Mike Leach. But even Mike Leach is like, yeah, that offense isn't going to work in the NFL. And like, he even he said it. He has his doubts. <laughs> that none of them have any credibility as a coach. At least had, you know, the silver spoon where he grew up around NFL offenses his whole life. Kind of like Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a Steph Curry is a, I've always I always agree with Charles Barkley. Steph Curry is a good player, not a great player. Because you would be that good too if your dad played in the NBA and you were eat, slept, and breath and breathed the game like he did. Steph Curry ain't playing baseball in high school, you know what I mean? He ain't a dual sport athlete. He was basketball till the day till the, from the day he was born. That's like Sean McVay. I hope they you know, I love the LA Rams because I hope if they make the Super Bowl, they wear the throwback uniforms, the blue and yellow. You know, a great homage to the greatest show on turf. 
Everyone seems to forget that last time the Rams were this good. Um, but I secretly want them to lose because the city of Los Angeles is overrated. A bunch of hacks live there. Um, you know, Akeem Tolu is an idiot. Adam Kinsu is the dirtiest player in the NFL. And I also want the Saints to win because we love Sean, we love Sean Payton. But I also think that they easily should have made the Super Bowl last year, or at least the championship game to play the Eagles. But I would love a Patriots Saints. Just, just you know, not that I want to wish ill will on Sean McVay, but I wish they lose because it's getting it's getting on my nerves. He's not, you know, he's not he's not the prodigal son. Ugh, okay. But anyway, those games are the Sunday. What are they? Are they Fox? Are they, are they uh? Are they Fox and are they Fox and NBC? Because CBS has the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, no. Uh, Fox has the NFC game. CBS has the AFC game, and uh, CBS has the Super Bowl. Yes, and and, they, and they, last time Nance did the Super Bowl, the Broncos beat Scam Newton. So there you go. Which is crazy to think that was four years ago. You know, with the, with, the, with the awful halftime show where Beyonce just went full Black Panther, ruined. My man Chris Martin, because it was cool play halftime show. Now I got Maroon Five. We'll get to that. We'll get to that next week when, when we when we talk about the Super Bowl. Cause we ain't we ain't going we ain't going off on that until later. Uh, yes, you know, yeah. I'll, we'll get to halftime shows next week or or the week after. So time for fans. Get the people. We give the people what they want. Asking you shall receive uh, a very very diverse fan mail. Across, I think, like four, uh, three sports. So let's get after it. Uh, speaking of speaking of the NFL, the Eagles have lost. What is to become of Nick Foles? Do you think? Do, do you think Philly? The fans want to know. Flo, is Philly treating him right by dangling him on a stick, or should they let, or like like uh, do they let they let the little bird out of the nest and let him free? I think you got to let him go. If you're gonna have to keep him, they're gonna have to pay him like twenty over twenty million dollars. Which is just exorbitant for a backup quarterback. I mean, yes, Colts had another spectacular run, this time to the uh, NFC Divisional Round, which is still impressive from where this team was a month ago. Mm. So, but that I mean, their their future is went. So ultimately, I think Foles is on the way out, one form or another. Uh, as to where he could go, I mean, there are a lot, there are always teams in need of a quarterback. Foles. I mean, he was this consistent early in the year, but then he was really hot down the stretch, played well in the playoffs. The loss was not his fault to the Saints. Again, famously a tough place to play. Uh, but a team will give him some good money, and it, and he will definitely have a chance to play. But I don't think it's cold for the Eagles to let him go. I think it's just a reality. Where would you like to see him go? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um I'm trying to think. Seems um, like a really use a quarterback. You know, he has always had so much success. In, yeah. I was going to say, depending on uh, what, El- what Elway does, I'd love to see him go to Denver. Better than hell, sure as hell better oh, than yeah. Kate Keenum. <laughs> yeah, or to see, I, you know, we were talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Nick Foles played in the spread offense. Uh, they use a lot right. of spread concepts in Philadelphia, so I think he could be fun to watch uh, in Arizona as well. 
Although, what am I thinking? They obviously have Josh Rosen, so that's, that's boy. actually not going to happen. I completely forgot about my boy Josh Rosen, so that shows how plugged in I am. But I like the, the Denver idea. I, I mean, I, you know, Paxson Lynch was a botch, and Case Keenan is not any good. You know, that would be fun to watch as they kind of move forward after you have the whole Gary Kubiak uh, offensive coordinator fiasco, which is great. But there are definitely teams that are going to be in the mix for a guy that literally only a year ago was Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll be closely watching where where, uh, where uh, Nick Nick Foles goes. Uh, speaking of speaking of forty one year olds, I'm just kidding. Speaking of old speaking of old men, Tom Brady. It's the, the fans will know flow fan mail. Thank you. Thefanaticradio@gmail.com dot com as always. Or tweet at us or slide into the DMs if you earn our respect. Is uh is it is it fair of Tom Brady to get mad at the media saying the Pats are dis- being disrespected. Um, I mean, well, the Patriots, really, no matter what, are going to find whatever motivation they need, they're going to get it. Even with a team that's had such a track record, they believe that they're always the team that everybody doubts, which, for the most part, really isn't true. It's kind of true this year, because a lot of people thought, oh, this Patriots team isn't that strong. And they're not as strong offensively. And uh, Tom Brady is, has not been as potent as he's been in years past. And here they are just, you know, a step away from the Super Bowl. So I think there's some truth to it that they're being – I would say they're being maybe underestimated. I don't think they're fully being disrespected. I don't see that at all. I mean, I think everybody respects what the Patriots have done, even if you hate the Patriots, as we discussed mm-hmm. earlier in our broadcast. So many people do. So I think – they're being underestimated. I'm certainly guilty of that. Again, I was hot on the Charger train, and that worked out very well. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that being disrespected. It's just I think he's tired of the fact that every loss comes with is this the end of is this the end of the era, which, which I, I can't stand. There they go. You know, they go as Brady goes, it goes, Belichick goes. And it's, it's, again, as we mentioned with James Harden, enjoy it while you can because – as soon as it's gone, we're all going to wish Tom Brady was back in the NFL because we need we need someone to hate. Eleven, uh, we love the we love the the NFL heavy show here on Fanatic Radio. The fans want to know, Flo, your thoughts on Cody uh, Parker? Misses a field goal, goes in the Today Show, gets cut. Uh, is, the, is the crime and punishment justified? If you were the coach of the Bears, would you have done the same? Well, uh, you know, obviously with Parky. Uh, the you know he made the media rounds and um, the, the head coach Matt Nagy was not particularly cool with it. He was like, and I kind of understand it. I mean, I understand everybody felt bad for the guy. The, the kick was missed, and then it turned out the kick was actually blocked. But and so I can understand why people felt bad for him. But he was making the rounds, and he was all over the place. And he may have even known that this was coming because he said he missed like ten field goals this year. This wasn't this wasn't you know um, Justin Tucker in Baltimore or Mason Crosby or some of these kickers that have been you know proven guys for many years in the league. And yes, even if they have an like an off year and inconsistent year, that they'll still come back because they have such a strong track record. Cody Parkey does not have that, so. <laughs> 
he um, ultimately, I'm not surprised he got cut, not be, just because of the kick, but because all season long he was not a particularly effective kicker by today's kicker standards, where kickers are expected to miss like two, three kicks a year, uh, let alone ten. And so, and of course, you know, clearly head coach Matt Nagy was not particularly fun. You know, he was talking about, you know, this is a Wii sport, this is a Wii thing, and him just, you know, putting himself forward on the stage show. Um, clearly wasn't a fan of it, but I don't think that's why he got cut. Would you, would you, if you used to feel good, would you have gone on the Today Show? I mean, because we know, we know how much we love the limelight. Do you think it was right for him to do that? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I get why he did it, but... I don't see what he was going to gain from it. I don't see why. I think people felt bad. The kick was missed. And, of course, the Bears fans overreacted, which surprises nobody. And then did the whole thing, and he went on the Today Show to kind of, you know, revel in it. But I, I don't get Awful show. Yeah. And it's just like I don't get why to do that. I don't, like, in a vacuum have an issue with it. He's an adult. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But I don't really get the point of it, especially in the context. I get what he was going for, but I don't see how that benefited him at all. I I didn't know who the hell he was until he missed that field goal. First of all, the Bears are a terrible franchise. The fact they have ter- bad ownership should have never gotten rid of Robbie Gold. Uh, that came out to haunt him. You know, even even your Packers stick by Mason Crosby. So fair and justifiable. Uh, I think going on today's twenty first century. That's what happens when you go to Auburn. Other than Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson, no other great person has ever gone out, come graduated from that school. So yeah. my my opinion on that, I it's it's classic. It's the reason why we are it's the reason why we are hated. Um final <laughs> NFL question before we continue with fan fan mail. There's been rumored reports that the Dolphins are trying to tank next year to get Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, if you're the NFL, would you would you let would you stand for this? How, how, how dare they publicly and dare there's rumors that they will announce and admit they're going to tank for the Bama quarterback? Well, it's it's one of those things where everybody knew and they were explicit about it. The Dolphins were that they were going through a rebuilding process next year, and they haven't had a new coach yet. But everybody expected to be Patriots uh, defensive play caller, linebackers coach uh, Brian Flores. But it, you know, it's not like the NBA. The NFL is kind of hard to tank in. It's if it if it even is such a thing in the NFL. Mm. You see, you know, the the Jets last year in 2017 went into the regular season with a, an atrocious roster and a team that I legitimately thought, this team could go on in 16. I could absolutely see it. Then they ended up winning. They were much more competitive than everybody thought. And I think they went 6-10. and 10. So the NFL, and that, again, that roster was awful. The NFL is not really a league I don't think you can tank in because it's hard to – you know, with the NBA, you could rest guys. Uh, you mm. know, you train all guys and have like a bunch of you know really young kids and this and that, and you can kind of show it. It's harder to do that in the NFL. So, guys are playing for jobs. Guys are playing for money. This and that. So, 
I really don't think you can truly tank in the NFL. So, I mean, they'll certainly try because it is a, a much-needed rebuilding process because they've been so incon- uh, so mediocre for so many years. But we'll see what, what it leads to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so to, ba- to baseball we go. Uh, the, the fans want to know, know for Philly – is uh one is ex- expressed high interest in Mike Trout, but there's a side note that they'll have to wait till he's a free agent in 2020. Is it worth? Is he worth the wait for the Phillies to uh to get him? If not him, go uh go after Manny Machado as well. Uh, well, you know, clearly the uh, the league. And there have been some people, I don't know if you're going to throw around the word collusion yet and not in a Russian mm. context, about why these guys are still in the market. But I would think, and, and I think it was Keith Subathia made this point, the longer this uh, long stretch happens where neither guy is signed, you would think whether it's the Yankees or even other clubs, they may think maybe it doesn't take us that much to get this guy. Let's put together an offer, see what we can do. And I think. The longer this goes, I'm still not sure. I, I think the Yankees would still probably be more likely to get uh, maybe Machado than Harper. But even with either, you know, it's just a wait and see. And they may think, hey, you know what? We weren't going to go hard for it anyways. But we may just kind of luck ourselves into it regardless. Yeah, I think the, the Phillies are out to get Machado. I understand he's the hometown guy. But the fact that they're, they're gonna, like they said, that they're gonna just fire sale everyone to clear up space. The good thing was they're a good team. They were good until about halfway in the year. Everyone laughed at their manager in unorthodox ways, but they're better than Marlins. They're better than the, better than better than the Mets. Uh, I don't think Manny Machado is that way. If no one's picked him up that this this far, I don't think he's worth it. I still, think he's, I, still, I still think he's an absolute buffoon, and uh, and it's January, and I don't know why the fans are asking us about baseball. You guys, uh, yeah, shout out to the Yankees. <laughs> got another pitcher. Got uh, another pitcher. Um, uh, Otavino famously said he would make Babe Ruth whiff. So happy with him. Are you satisfied with this off season for the Yankees? Just making you sleep well at night. Yeah, I think thus far, I mean, you would have liked to keep uh, David Robertson. Um, 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 uh, I, you know, considering, as we've talked about so much on the show, the importance of a strong bullpen. But the Yankees just signed a reliever who had a tremendous season, Adam Adovino uh, from the Colorado Rockies. And he's the guy that said on a podcast, uh, with my stuff, I, could, I would strike out Babe Ruth on every yeah. single at bat. And that guy is coming to New York, which is pretty yes. bad. And he's a tremendous reliever and just, again, another strong power arm the likes of which you need to succeed in such a small ballpark like uh, Yankee Stadium. So, thus far, I don't have an issue. I would love to see a little stronger, more moves potentially in the starting rotation. But where we are thus far, I am uh, not in, uh, entirely opposed to it. Well said. Uh, and, of course, final final, uh, final email before we go to thumbs up, thumbs down. Scotty Pippen said today that Zion Williamson should basically rest and get ready for the draft. Uh, we, we've, we've seen this in college football with the bowl games. But, you know, 
is he is, is is Scotty out of his mind preparing this? Now who are they? Uh, who are they talking about this again? I was not, unfortunately, not aware of the story. These guys, I don't know. It must have been some crappy ESPN show. Scotty Pippen proposed today that Zion Williamson sit out the entire oh. remainder of the college basketball season to get ready for the draft. Um. Well, I mean that's a pretty tall ask. I mean <sighs> Zion went. I get where he's coming from. But I think you can make a case, even if Zion Williamson like, tears his ACL, he may not be the one pick, but he's still way up there. But I get where he's coming from. And, of course, you're talking about a sport you're not getting paid at all, but you're only there for one year. But this is entirely different. This Duke team can win the national championship. That's not insignificant. A lot of these guys that are sitting out in these bowl games, you know, they were like, uh, um, the uh, you know what it's, it's just you know me you know a myriad of random bowl games that are not you know the the college football playoff that's obviously a different story so it's a pretty ridiculous suggestion I get where he's coming from but it's pretty absurd and I don't see it turning much into anything yeah the thing is basketball basketball you know you still got to play I think football it's easy because. It's very in football. You are drafted based on your skill set or your athleticism. Basketball, it's you could easily turn around an entire team. Um, like you said, the Duke team is very good. I watched them win against Florida State, an awesome play con by Coach K. Even without him in the entire second half, I also watched them look like absolute uh, the cues. So. Uh, as we get closer to February, even to February, with uh, with March, with the March Madness buzz, I'll update you my thoughts on that team. But it's yeah, the fact that they, uh, my thing is, you know, we love sports, hence our show is very sports centric. Um, we love pro sports. I think people focus on pro sports way too much. You know, the fact that like guys want good college players just to just to drop everything and prepare for for a, a sport that they'll only play like five years of their life in. So that's what makes me mad. Scotty Pippen, you know, the second greatest bull of all time. But it's, it's the thing, things like that that you mix. It's like, to, to shut up. Enjoy, again, enjoy. That's the moral of the story. Enjoy what we have. Because when he's on the floor, it makes Duke a much better team to watch. Um, so yeah, so there. So on we go to the end of the show. You cannot be serious! But it's time for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. That's right, what was good, what was bad in the world, not only of sports, but just in life, because we've had busy weeks, and we work our fingers to the bone, only to celebrate it and bash everyone on this segment. Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. Flo, a very special three-day weekend. Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. Absolutely. Um, uh, so I'm going to start off my thumbs up by giving props we talked about the Nets earlier but so that was my initial thumbs down but we're going to start off segment by giving props you know I love giving shout outs to my colleagues unselfishly because I work with tremendous uh, professionals and journalists and people that and just cool folks that I enjoy working with but selfishly because then I can mention them and they can listen to the show so it's really a win-win for me and the show, and everybody loves it. 
And so it's a great time. So I have no qualms about admitting that because, you know, what's wrong with people exposing people to the greatness that is fanatic greatness? We start with two colleagues, two esteemed colleagues. If you speak French, you know the phrase, the creme de la creme. And it ties into all the, and I'm going to explain in how all the goofiness of the news affects the work that I do and more importantly affects the work of the people that I am referring to right now, which are my friends Anna Olson and Megan Welsh. Now, so we had, you know, we had a, uh, a White House story today, and Olson usually does that. That was going to be on, like, Syria and all the action going on in the Middle East right now and Trump and some Giuliani stuff, I think, as well. So hmm. a lot of, a lot of uh, actually, no, not Syria. But uh, the Giuliani stuff and Mueller probe and all kinds of stuff. And then our Capitol Hill uh, reporter, of course, Mike Emanuel, was going to do a piece on the shutdown negotiations. Lo and behold, we have the whole shenanigans about Trump canceling Pelosi and some other Democrats' flight to Brussels and to visit troops in the Middle East. So all this crazy stuff. So the Capitol Hill reporter, Mike Emanuel, gets he was going to work with Megan. His package, and this is about 3 o'clock, gets killed out of the show. <laughs> and so the shutdown is going, stuff is all going to Roberts. So the stuff that we follow, the stuff that Welsh is working on is going to Roberts. Then, in replace of the Capitol Hill guy, at our intelligence correspondent, Catherine Herridge, a beloved kid, Andy. And she's going to yes. do the Giuliani story. So mm. you do a little uh, switcheroo, and who knows why that actually happened, but you do a little switcheroo, and you got – and so Olson, Anna, what she was working on is going to go to a wholly different correspondent. And Anna always does the White House story. So what happened – and what if, I don't know who, whose idea this was to put this together. I don't know if it was a collaborative effort. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll research into it and I'll, I'll, I'll salute whoever thought of this, unless they're an enemy of mine, in which case I will not salute them. And so what happened was, in the middle of the day, you know, pro, the uh, package producing producing a tape piece for a show as big as Special Report is not a just you know not something you just do on the fly. And yet these two producers ended up working with different correspondents for the remaining two-plus hours to do their tape pieces. So that just shows how what happens when we have crazy, goofy, breaking news, however serious or however silly, how it kind of affects the role of what I do. But <sighs> as I said earlier, the people that, actually, that do what I do but actually know how to do their job. If it was me in that situation, it would have been a complete fiasco. It would have been fun. It would have been a funny disaster. It's like when you watch a cooking show, and then the guy's like, you know, plates all catch on fire because the guy has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. I'm that guy. So that's that. So thumbs up. These are two of the, the elite people in town. Make that claim. I'll make that claim. Megan Welsh, Anna Olsen. Give him a thumbs up before on the show, and I'm giving him even more thumbs up. I'm going to have to grow another hand, which actually would be interesting. So mm. thumbs up to that. I love Weight Watchers, but thumbs down to Weight Watchers only because 
it's one of the things that is so effective about Weight Watchers is that when you track everything you eat, it, it tells you how many points and how much you eat today. So if you're going to pig out, now where I was before going to the show, I went to Arby's. Arby's yeah. What did you get? What did you get? Eating. I didn't go. The last time I went to Arby's, I went, uh, I got the classic roast beef and I got fries. And fries are killer. And we all know that. Fries. This time I just got, this time I just got three sliders. I got, the roast beef and cheese slider, which is pretty good, as you expect. Mm. The buffalo chicken slider, also pretty yes. good. Yes. And the jalapeno roast beef and cheese ch- uh, slider, which was a mistake, and I should not have gotten that, because the jalapeno portion was not particularly good. So that was 22 points in and of itself. I have 26 points as my target for the day, and before that I was rolling in at 11 points. Uh, excuse me, 14 points because of what I had for breakfast and what I had for lunch. So I miss, you know, I, I don't miss being fat, but I miss the days <sighs> where I can eat, like, eat, just eat shit. And while I will feel bad because a lot of times when you eat shit, you feel like that, but, you know, I miss the days of not having repercussions. And obviously, I say this a little tongue-in-cheek, I'm very happy to be losing weight, and it's been very effective. And the shaming is very effective and very important, and yet there are still some times where I wish I could just go, like, you know, just have the, you know, uh, when you you have the uh, smokehouse brisket sandwich, you get the fries, and you have, like, regular soda, not do, like, the diet soda because it's zero points. So, you know, there were donuts in the – another thumbs down. There were donuts throughout the bureau, a guy that runs one of the department – one of the – vectors, if you will, in New York was down here and had, had like boxes of donuts like every pod and I'm like, I looked up the, like a donut in, in, uh, in Weight Watch and I'm like, no, this is going to kill me. So, yeah. couldn't do it. So, thumbs down to that as well. Thumbs down to temptation. Thumbs down to shaming because it works. But th- with thumbs up to the temptations. Absolutely, we 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 you know always a big thumbs up to Motown and obviously the Temptations, one of the iconic groups of Motown. Thumbs so for me, uh, mostly thumbs down, but I'll start some thumbs up as we'll uh, we'll, we'll go on the we'll go on the positive. Thumbs up to the NFL, which is rarely come out of my mouth, but uh, getting Gladys Knight, formerly a Gladys Knight of the Pips, sing the national anthem at the <laughs> Super Bowl, which is great. Oh, great. Because, you know, she's just there for the soul and the music. No, uh, you know, no shenanigans or what. Atlanta native, I did not know that. So there you go. Shout out to Gladys, uh, National Anthem singer for Super Bowl LIII. Uh, I had some good thumbs up. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, thumbs up. We love beef on the show. Thumbs up to Blake Griffin and Steve Ballmer. Uh, Clippers play the Pistons. Blake played his first time in L.A. since being traded. And after the game, Blake Griffin gave his former owner the cold shoulder, which is great. You know, we love when guys don't take the high road and forever hold grudges in a professional setting. You know, because if I did that anywhere, I'd be scolded and frowned upon. So thumbs up, thumbs up to the beef. I hope it grows. Because uh, we're seeing that a lot nowadays. You know, we saw with Baker Mayfield and uh, and Hugh Jackson. 
Hopefully we'll see it next year with Baker Mayfield and Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, thumbs down to Kyler Murray. You know, yeah, he won the, yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy, but I still, I still think he's pissing his life away by trying to invest in the NFL. You know, he could do well in baseball. Maybe A's have always made runs the past, like, two, three years. So, and then he'll probably get drafted by some garbage franchise that will go nowhere and make him look like an idiot. Uh, my thing is thumbs down for us even caring about this because if he's not going to play two sports, I have zero interest. So yeah, there we go, there we go, yeah, there we go, there we go with that. Thumbs down to Dick Vitale. He did the the Duke Florida State game. He he just sounds awful. We got to get him off the air. You know he's only there because he's basically bankrolling uh, the Jim V Foundation. But yeah, Dick, Dick Vitale. Everything that he's 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 not like Marv Albert. You know he doesn't have or like Al Michaels. He's not. You know I don't watch games for him. Ain't no Keith Jackson. He's just annoying. He's just a nuisance. Comes down to Vitale. And Vitale's always plugging his stupid fundraisers and things like that. It's like shut up, dude. Like no one cares. Um, thumbs up. Actually, no, that's next week. I say next week's the 24-hour Daytona, the first race week, the first racing event of the year. Four hours. I will not watch all 24 hours, but I will do my best to watch some, if not all. I'll do my. I'll. I'll try. Thumbs up to college basketball. It's back in full swing. Big games have just been going on. It's been fantastic to watch. Duke UVA this Saturday. I'm curious to see Duke. You know, last last Duke struggles when they play. Either an athletic team like Syracuse or Florida State, or a good defensive team like Texas Tech. UVA is a good defensive team, so I'm curious where that's going to go. And thumbs down goes to this coworker. Thumbs down, thumbs down goes to fake egos, and people need to learn to know who know their role. So I'm sitting at my desk today, and I get a call from a person who I will not say their name. But let's just say they're in 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 our in our office. They don't even work at my office. They work up at the track. So that's as far as I'll go with that. But this friend calls me and was like, "Hey, are you? Do you or Chris, who's my boss, are you in charge of the website?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was kind because my boss is out of town today." I was like, "Yeah, I will. Um, I, I can change the website. What's up?" And they said, well, so uh, Sarah, the great, the great Sarah Yarrington, she joined our staff as our retail manager, and she's done a killer job just in, you know, the months she's been here. But she was like, oh, can we add Sarah's name to the website? And I was like, sure, because apparently the old the website, our website still had our old person who, um, who ditched and went to med school. So I added her name, and then she, and then, and then they go, oh, can you change, can you change my, my title's wrong. And I go, okay, what's your I go, okay, what's your title? And they said, My title is Office Manager. I go and look at the the website and this person's title says administrative assistant. And I get so mad. I mean she said, I've already hung up the phone. And I get so mad because you know, how dare you? Know, my thing is, uh, administrative assistant to office manager. That's not a title change. That's just, <laughs> I literally changed my title. 
And I yes, I will I will exploit her gender. She did not she's been here for like a year. It's like you did not get a title change. I should have left it as administrative assistant. Because am I wrong? Am I wrong saying that administrative assistant and office manager are the same thing? Yeah, I think that when I hear it, I think they're the same thing. But you obviously want to would rather be an assistant than a, you'd rather be a manager than an assistant. So it's like it's uh, it's putting a lipstick on a pig. Exactly. And I thought this girl is a pig. I'm just kidding. She's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I do hate I do I do hate her. She doesn't she doesn't interact. And I think people, while I respect people like that, I think those people should flounder and be, you know, rocketed to a, a, a desert island. Because if you can't interact with people, then you're in the wrong business. And and I also think she was up for MVP. She's only worked a year and a few months, and she was up for Most Valuable Player at our awards show. So, there's <laughs> a running joke in my office, at least on my floor, because we're probably the assholes of the company. But we always say, you know, like every time she asks us to do something or says something, we're always like, we're always, we're always like, so and so, so and so, MVP, MVP, uh, one year MVP candidate. <laughs> uh, right, and rightfully so, she didn't win. But yeah, yeah, that's what you know. You want me to do? I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm just gonna change it back and. She's also someone that will never get mad and doesn't have the clout to rat me out. So I have all the power of the website. Administrative assistant and office manager are the same thing. You ba- you basically have no no flex in our in our offense. So you will be a practice. You are you see she is basically practice squad art of our team. Speaking of teams, as we close as we come to a close, the Warriors were down by 15, up by three. Pelicans stink. Anthony Davis needs to go to a better team. Um, any other final thoughts before we end the show? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you talk about Anthony Davis to where that's the thing when you're an elite player on a team that's not in a high market and a hot market, and they had another star, and then that didn't work out, and Cousins got hurt. So he's always going to get dogged by you know, this this talk about What's going to happen next? And we, there are a few things we enjoy more than hot stove talk. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, my pal shout goes to the Chiefs. Steve uh, will be in attendance this Sunday, so hopefully, hopefully that's hopefully that's a good game. Uh, but that'll do it. Shout out to the fans. Catch us out. Catch us on the podcast on iTunes. The Fanatic, the Fanatic Radio at com. Thank you to the Fan Mail, Steve Up360, Blog Talk Radio. This has been Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. Notorious Ben Florence. I'm Mike Gardner. We'll be back next week. Until then, sorry, everyone. <laughs>